All right. Um, no false start this time. Welcome back to the third episode of the Josh and Ethan main show. Josh was back over Hello. phone again. Hello. Um, so we should probably have some a bit of crinkly audio, but it should be pretty good. We're hoping we're gonna get video for this and put it on YouTube. Um, we'll see. But that's the main hope right now. So let's get right into the two big stories of the week. Um, massive WWE layoffs and CPS canceling school for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if I doubt anyone outside of Chicago is listening, but it's probably not a huge thing for people outside of this city, but... It is for us because, I mean, it's our education. We're, it's it's very diff it's very difficult time because we're at home. We're we're not having all the resources that we need, and it can be difficult to like keep up with stuff, especially not having all those resources. So, but I think we'll be able to manage. Yeah. So next year, um, I was talking to the principal of our old elementary school. Well, my mom was, and then she kind of like relayed some information. But basically, they're thinking of doing longer school days or, like, taking off less days um, next year to try and make up for the time. But if they were to tack, like, a fifth year on and make us redo our freshman year, I'm just going to take a GED because I'm not staying in high school for five years because that's just a waste of time, especially given that, like, we're going to get taxed to death for all of the stimulus stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, difficult times. And it's supposed to, this coronavirus is supposed to reach its peak by the end of the month. So yeah, that's some good news. Hopefully, by the end of the month. And um, it peaked in New York already, so Mr. Nipple Piercing Cuomo is um, giving away some ventilators, which is good. And... That's pretty much it, man. I mean, there's not a lot to say yeah. about what's going on. Not a lot changing. Yeah, it's just kind of sad. So I want to give some quick shout-outs to everyone who left um, fake hate reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. So um, if you're listening to this and you are not on Apple Podcasts, please go on to Apple Podcasts and rate five stars because we have gotten a ton of hate reviews and we're saying get three stars right now. Um, so you don't even need iOS. You can yeah. you can look it up on Google. I first want to shout out Black Mister Queen, and they said they only like white people. Joshua, can you remind everyone of your race, please? Uh, yes, I am Hispanic. Uh, I am both Mexican and Puerto Rican. So, um, Joshua, are you white? So, I am not white in any way, shape, or form. So, and do you love yourself? Um, uh, yes, for the most part, I like who I am. All right, so we do now only like white people. By the way, Black Mr. Queen, that's your third review that you've posted. So great job at switching it up every time I debunk it. All right, this one I think is Bilal. It's from V Lookalike, Look Like Head Like. And um, we said mean things about Arabs and descendants of Osama bin Laden. I'm pretty sure that all we talked about was a bin with the name Laden on it. At your weightlifting, right? No, we didn't. We didn't talk about that on the podcast. We didn't even talk about that. No, we right, didn't. Like, I want to give a shout out to Kevin, who's gonna be on the show later. Um, if I start with you, thank you, Oscar. Everyone, follow I'm Getting Skitty on Instagram. 
our Vanos Gaming fan one. We used a racial slur. We did not. We condemned someone who did. And um, it's Randy not... Orton used a racial slur. Yeah, we made fun of Randy Orton. And then, um, yeah, some people took their mean reviews down. Thank you. We're still free out of five. So everyone, please rate it five stars, because otherwise no one's ever going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. All right. So back into other topics. WWE laid off a huge amount of people. So heard, uh, can you pull up uh, the list? The New York the New York Post is calling it uh, the Bloody Wednesday of WWE. Yeah. So these are all the not not everyone on this list was per se released. Some of them were furloughed, but the, the producers were is... all furloughed, which was funny because they basically got rid of all the best producers. So I can't even imagine how bad the TV is going to be going on. Yeah, really. Um, so these are these are all the on-screen talents that were released. We have Rusev, which is a big. It's not a shocker. His voice is I mean, they've, too. Been, they've been disputing for a while. Um, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. That was a big surprise because they're in the middle of a thing with. They just got done with a big thing with uh, AJ and. The Undertakers. That was a big shocker for me. Didn't they assign like half a million dollar contracts too? Yeah, and and they signed a five year deal last year, so their contracts technically weren't open. So, I don't know. Uh, Drake Maverick. I mean, yeah, I guess, but he's still gonna. He's not doing. He's still. He's still good. Yeah, there's doing like a um, G1 style tournament in XT now. For whatever reason, I don't know. And um, he's still going to work the tournament, even though they fired him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric Young, that's a shame, because, I mean... They never did anything. He didn't, really, he didn't really get the chance that he... Like, he didn't wrestle on the main roster. I think he did backstage stuff, like pr- production and stuff. No, he was like a jobber on main event. Was he really? I'm pretty sure he was just a jobber on main event. That sucks, because he's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, EC3, this is... That made me very sad, because EC3, you know, he's in the top 1%, so... He'll you can't, you can't do that to my man EC. He'll just go back to TNA, probably. Yeah. Uh, Leo Rush, this this was a shocker to me, That because... was just stupid, because, like, AW isn't going to pick up a lot of these guys, but Leo Rush would be, like, the guy to pick up out of this group. And for me, for me, I was never invest, invested in the cruiserweight division, the two of five live division. But Angel Garza and Leo Rush, their match kind of got me like a little. Or their matches for the cruiserweight title got me a little bit invested in the cruiserweight division. So I think getting rid of Leo Rush was kind of a dumb decision because, I mean, he was doing he was doing great. I mean, yeah. His matches on NXT and on 205 Live, they were incredible. So, I don't know. This was dumb to me. I also think because um, he'd be perfect for AW because when he's like a super worker, and AW can't pick up a lot of these guys, and they don't want to seem like a WWE guy company, but he's perfect because like, yeah. he has enough name recognition of WWE because he's like Bobby Lashley's manager and stuff on the main roster, and he was a star in NXT for a couple months. 
But it's like, if he were to go to AEW now, he doesn't seem like too much of a WWE guy, but he also doesn't seem like a nobody who's coming out of nowhere. So he shouldn't be like a yeah. world champion or anything, but he could definitely be a guy that's used. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next we have Zack Ryder. I mean, I want to be sad about it, but I'm kind of not. I feel bad for him because like, no, this is like his dream job, and he's so happy he's just being a jobber on main event. If they throw him a title every couple years at WrestleMania, that it's just yeah. I don't get why they would release him. And like the funny thing is, they're keeping his wife Chelsea Green, so it's like, what's the thing of like? That's like, true. Is it's like, oh, I'm giving you enough income for just one family? The the thing the thing that's like, I'm like it's hard for me to wrap my head around is. Because Zack Ryder, and we're going to get to Heath Slater later, or we, there's Heath Slater no, that just Heath got released Slater now. benefits the most out of this, and I will tell you why later. So, they have both been with the company for years. They are, they have been, out of everyone on this, except uh, minus the producers, they're the ones who have been on with the company for the longest. Yeah, and but- it's kind of like, well, these two have spent their whole career or a large amount of the career within the last couple of or last few years being jobbers on in WWE and now that they're not with WWE when this whole thing's over what's what's next for them they'll just do well on indies cuz like any as long as they don't like charge too much money any indie promotion will be happy like oh yeah like cuz WWE has like this mystical sense to a lot of people in like the indie yeah. sense I don't mean like hardcore indies like PWG but it's like, or, or not even like MLW or anything. Like, if you're just like a small, like 50 person indie trying to skate, scrape by, you play Zack Ryder a couple hundred bucks to sell some tickets. Yeah. So, like, they'll do fine, I think. It's just kind of sad for them because, like, that is what they're invested into so deeply. So, I feel like they're kind of like, I kind of gave you, like, all my gory years and you gave me an icy title and made me a jobber the rest of the time. So, it's like, uh-huh. and then you're just going to fire me. By the way, WWE can afford all of this stuff. These cuts are only yeah. these cuts are only they, worth like fourteen million or something. And the main way they're saving money to keep the stock price up is they're waiting to build their new headquarters. And they even said like that's the majority of this. So they're really just firing these people just to fire them. I mean, yeah, it's sad and wasn't necessary to do. Not really, but. I think it is good that they're getting rid of people because their roster is just stacked. Yeah, but I feel like but, somebody's... It's like, why do you get rid of Rusev? Because, like, he's... Yeah. Like, like the, the three guys that I would sign if I'm AEW, because you don't want to sign, like, I wouldn't even sign anyone, probably. Like, if I were going to sign, like, three guys, it would be Rusev, it would be Wea Rush, and it would be Rowan, because Rowan got released, and... He's really tight Ro- with Harper. Rowan, Rowan can, could do something with... He could, uh, he could join the Dark Order. With the Dark Order. Yeah. By the way, I love Brody Lee's vignettes where he pretends to be Vince. Yeah. It's so good. Like, my favorite one so far was the suit one, where, for reference, if you haven't seen it, the two Dark Order guys were in, like, their ring suits, and one of them's <clears> wearing, like, a jack like a bun down shirt and tie and they all have their masks on and oh yeah that was, uh, gets that out was of the car week. in a full tux and he looks at two of them he's like if i send you out into the universe what do people think of you 
you have to look more professional because like Vince wants everyone to wear a suit backstage at WWE. Yeah. So then he takes the one that's slightly dressed up. He's like, I have an opportunity for you. Follow me. <laughs> it, it was so good. Yeah, that was that was last week. I saw that. The, um, I, guess I didn't watch this week's because I heard the main event was like someone compared it to the Edge Orton match. Oh, it was where It, it could have been good, match. but it just went on for too long. It went on a bit too long, but I liked it much better than the Edge and Orton match because I thought it was more creative, and it felt a lot more real. It's like they weren't doing, like, Edge and Orton was doing, like, Benoit spots and chair shots, and the finish involved a chair. It was a paradigm shift onto a chair, but um, they did, they did lots of, like, fake MMA stuff because Moxley's trained in jiu-jitsu, so I, I really enjoyed it. The, the middle part went a bit too long. Um... Where was I? Uh, got Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. I mean, no one cares. He has a wrestling school, so he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, East Slater, we said. Sarah Logan. So, uh, again. Sarah Logan's I mean, married to Ray Rowe. Um, that's one of the Viking Raiders. I can't remember which name he is. Ray Rowe from War Machine. I think it was Eric. Okay. Oh, yeah, because Hanson became Ivar. Okay. So, um, here's the thing about East Slater. And I, this isn't my idea. I saw on Instagram, but I saw this months ago, but I immediately followed this when Heath Slayer got released. Drew McIntyre gets fired from WWE, gets jacked, comes back, and is world champion. Jinder Mahal gets fired from WWE, gets jacked, comes back, and is world champion. Heath Slayer gets fired from WWE, gets jacked, comes back, and is world champion. Man, bam. <laughs> the the one issue of that though is like that can't be serious because Heath Slayer is just not good enough, and Jinder Mahal only got it because Vince was like, "We gotta expand in India," which it makes no sense. Yeah, because it's like there's some there's internet access in India is getting better, but it's like if you're gonna make the world champion, like make like him the U.S. champion. Yeah. Um. Also, Heath Slater just—I can't—I can't imagine him Jack. He'll work. Like just even Impact won't pick him up. Yeah. Um. If the, if he does become Jack, Jacked, and he comes back, and they redo, they remake the three MB. That should be the Roid Man Band. Because isn't gender do Roid? Gender definitely does steroids because he has like pimples on his back, and that's a sign of steroids. Yeah, I think Drew. He's hurt right now, isn't he? Maybe I think Drew is straight edged. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think he genuinely just got jacked. Um, Eric Rowan, we said. All right, this uh, is so sad. It I, makes sense. But Rowan I is mean, like, all right, on talk is Jericho. Brody, we was talking about. It's like Rowan's the nicest guy, and like. He's a vintner. He makes wine, like in Storyline, and his lion mask was really great. I mean, I half make fun of him, but it's like, Rowan, come on. Like, they got Also, he had, that, he had that weird cage, and they opened it, and there was a spider. And then after that, we just never saw him again. No, Drew McIntyre <laughs> stomped on the spider, remember? It was like a really oh, bad yeah. mechanical spider, and Drew McIntyre murdered it, and we never even saw the corpse. He just stomped in the cage. I've <laughs> I've that, that was, that was a way better 
waste. They hyped that up for nothing. It will. It was like Rowan, King of Jobbers, but the issue is like that made Alistair Black look bad because Alistair Black went like ten minutes with him when Rowan's whole gimmick was how he was like the best of all the Jobbers. Or maybe it was because like Rowan actually was a mid Carter, and it's just like they they were like, oh like the one thing I hate about WWE is how like the world champions are just like it's like here there's like the Jobbers. There's people who are good, and the world champions are, like, gods. It's like, no one can fight Brock unless you're big. Right. Like, you have to be big, or you have or to Seth be Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah. Oh, Seth is defending... Um, on Twitter, Seth was defending the cuts, saying they have to do what was right to save money. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, no, they didn't. Like, they... they everyone's stock price is dropping. They just have to handle that. And their stock price was dropping before this, because... They are a bad company, and if they ain't had TV yeah. money, they wouldn't be in business because they rely on their TV money. And Vince exactly. is running live now, which is stupid. Oh, what was the name of the ref that they fired? What? What was the name of the ref that they fired? Oh, um, uh, Mike Ch- Chioda. Yeah, he'd been there almost 30 years, and he was like the head ref on SmackDown. So I think they probably hired him because his salary was like bigger than the uppers. No, I think he was one of the guys that was for load. Oh, really? Yeah. For what? At least it's nice. Okay. Um. um they dropped Yana Prazo from NXT. Cassius Ono got fired. That was that was a, that was a bit of a shocker too, because yeah. he's been with the WWE for forever. Yeah, and, and he, he was doing pretty. He was doing pretty okay for himself. In, he was, uh, a, he was a top mid carder on NXT UK because there was room for him yeah. there, unlike normal NXT. Um, got rid of No Way Jose. I mean, he, he wasn't great. He has no future though, because like no one on the, because the issue is like he wasn't even from like the early two thousand glory periods. He was like a jobber of the newest creation, so it's like I don't think he has any future in the Indies. I think he's done. Like, I'm sorry. He's going to have to work a real job. Yeah. Um, Maybe Primo and Epico, Cologne. I mean, they haven't been on TV I think they'll years. be fine because they haven't been on TV for a few years now. And they've been wrestling in Puerto Rico because WWE was like, yeah, just go ahead. I don't care. Oh, really? I they think they'll be in, fine. They haven't worked in Puerto Rico? Yeah, so WWE gave them permission to go work in Puerto Rico. And I think they were still getting salary for, like, merch or, like, WWE Network stuff. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they've been just, they've been working in Puerto Rico uh, pretty much since the last time we saw them. Cool, cool. All right, was there anyone uh, else that got way they, they dropped, like, some NXT people that never been on TV, but I don't know the names. Yeah, I don't know either. One of them was, I think, a former NFL player. Okay. Um... They got rid of the Canaleses, which I think was bogus, because isn't their baby due in, like, two weeks? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But Mike Canales wanted out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Do you like this Lego ASMR? Are you hearing this? Uh, I like it. I'm going to Legos next time. Our ASMR episode with Owen, which wasn't even ASMR episode, but I just put ASMR in the title, did really well. Like it was like our like it did better than our second main show, so if I um, I'm hoping I can put ASMR in the title and then a bunch of thirty year old women will flock to this episode like happened last time. I'm serious. Our demographics. It was like. 
it was 80% like 30 year old woman because I put ASMR in it. Um, we should do like a Chipotle mukbang and like just slurp burritos. Dude, I will just eat Chipotle chips all day. Those lime chip, like the lime stuff and the chips is addicting. Yeah, I love their chips. They're so good. Yeah. Oh, cool. I just got that little um, thing. The screen turned off. And it is like Ethan's MacBook Pro. Um, let's see. Alexander Jaxic. I'm assuming that's one of the guys that, uh, he's from NXT. from NXT. He never made it on TV. He just did some house shows. Um, Aiden English. They, they put in parentheses announcer. He should go work with, um, he should go work with Simon Gotch. On the indies. Wait, have you heard Simon Gotch's promo on Enzo Amore? No. Oh my god, I have to play that. Um... This is going to make it explicit, but I got to, I, I think I can play this without losing the logic file. I hope I can. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping here. Emma Duche, Duche, I don't, I never know, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Emma Duche. All right. Duche. Th- this thing is explicit, but we're going to listen to all of it and I'll just tag it. All right. Please don't lose my logic file. Yes, it's working. Yeah, definitely. Here's some Enzo highlights. We'll start with this one. 
Enzo's from New Jersey. What's the one thing New Jersey has a vast number of? Wrestling schools. You guess how many days of wrestling training Enzo had before he got signed? Zero. And I actually asked uh, Sean uh, Bennett, who's a referee from this. Yeah, Sean. Okay, Sean, uh, and I, I said I told him that, and he was like, "Yeah, there's actually I know where Enzo's from, and it's there's a school 15 minutes from this from this town, Mike Morgan School, maybe." Yeah. yeah. So it's like there's there's schools out there. So this is this is thing one to me because I'm, I'm very big on like I'm passionate about wrestling. I'm passionate about the art of wrestling and guys who, who love it. Like Chad Gable, a lot of people don't know, he trained with um, Eric Cannon up in Minnesota before he got signed. And he wasn't doing that for any reason other than he loved pro wrestling. He got into amateur wrestling because he loved pro wrestling. So that's the first thing to me. You remind me of Punk, by the way. Uh, does anybody else ever tell you that? Just the way you just... No, but now I feel a little No, it's, 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 it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Go ahead. I'll, I wish I could remind you of his bank account, but unfortunately <laughs> I can't. Um, but... Uh, that actually threw me off terribly. Sorry, about that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell I'll tell you why in a minute. But um, so that's a big thing to me. It's like people who have the opportunity to learn and don't is really weird to me. Um, secondly, the like I said, I'm not very big on gimmicks, and he's a walking gimmick. So that that kind I'm of me a he's kind of a scummy guy. Um, a lot of his, you know, we all have our down moments, like our less than. We all, like every one of us could probably write out a, a handful of things we're generally not proud of we've done, but he's one of those guys that not only would he write down those things with pride, he would brag, he'd make up other ones. But just to give you a level of his understanding of, uh, of wrestling, you were interviewing Manny Fernandez earlier, correct? Yes. Okay. One of the guys who's an unsung hero of Pro Wrestling Iron is a guy named Frank Murdoch. He also worked on the name Frank Dalton. He used to do WCW B shows with Manny. Now, one day, we were sitting in the uh, one of the conference rooms watching videotape. Bullshit, uh, bullshitting with Bill. So it's like me, English, uh, Sasha, Bailey, um, uh, Enzo Cassick. It's a bunch of, like, his class, basically, Bill's class. We're in there, and we're just telling different funny wrestling stories. And the story I had was that many years ago, when they were doing the WCWB shows, Manny and Frank had uh, homesteaded this one random town. Manny had convinced this Mark uh, car dealer to sell Frank a car. So he writes up a loan. He does all this shit under the name Frank Murdoch. The problem is Frank Murdoch doesn't exist. His name is Kelly New. But this guy's, you know, he does it without ID. He does also because he's such a mark for Manny, and he just, so he gives them a car. So one day, Manny disappears with the car, and Frank's like, well, my name ain't on it. I don't give a fuck. Right. So I tell this story. Enzo, who claims to be the hugest Dusty Rhodes fan in the world, Dusty's, oh, bro, Dusty's my, he's my mentor, all, all this stuff. <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe Kalisco would do that. That's a really good impression. You could have heard a pin drop. Everyone just does the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, Dusty's tag partner, you know, the guy you supposedly is your mentor. Oh, because Kalisto's name is Manny, is, uh, Manny Rodriguez. And Enzo's the type of guy that would try to play that off like it was a joke and he knew. Right. But it was, he legitimately knew nothing about wrestling. He, was, he seems like that guy who started watching wrestling in like 1998 and has never seen anything other than Raw. Yeah. Um, so there'd be things like that. There'd be th things like he would be really, he'd want to do shit in matches that was, com that were, that was just completely stupid. At one point, I remember actually throwing up my hands and saying, I'm a 30-year-old man. I've been doing this for 12 years. I'm too fucking old to be arguing with you about what we're going to do in a fake fight. We had, a, we had one where it was, uh, even where I would try to work with him, where it'd be like, okay, we're going to do this spot, whatever. Low bridge me, I'll go out. And I was like, I'm going to try and land on the apron. If I do, come to me. I'm going to give you the fucking hangman if i miss the apron for any reason just so you know because i knew he wasn't very good if i land on the floor 
come after me, I'll grab your feet, trip you, and I'll just spin you around and start glomming you. Which is it going to be? Like, I don't know. I'm going to try and land on the apron. I'm telling you I might miss. There's a possibility of that. I've missed the apron before going out. I'm trying to warn you of this so you know if that happens what to do. Well, what, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? I'm like, I finally gave up. I was like, I'll go to the floor and I'll trip you, okay? Oh, okay. So like, shit like that. We're like, do you not know how to wrestle? He uh, broke his own leg trying to counter a wrist lock. What? I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's. How do you he was break your own leg trying to do a wrist lock? He blamed it on the canvas. Okay, let's say the canvas is loose. I've wrestled on loose canvases before. Now my ankles are broken. Zero. He's an idiot. So there was that. Um, then he actually remember when after he'd been called up, he tried to blame Manny for that happening. He was in the ring with Kalisto. When he did it, he tried to blame Kalisto for it, and Kalisto called him out on it right away. He's like, motherfucker, you broke that thing. You broke your ankle because you don't know how to wrestle. Like, right. That's why it happened. How did he get the WWE roster and, and just off his charisma? Or? Well, if you believe his story, which is not true, uh, Enzo has a bad habit of editing himself in the wrong ways. Like, he'll, he'll re-edit stories. He won't tell you the details. Uh, I'll give you a quick rundown just so you understand this before I tell it. Um, he, he bragged about that one time they were downtown, they were in Tampa, they were, you know, out partying, whatever. Some girls ride by, and he yells, show me your boobs. And the girls went, show me your dick. And he went, show me your bedroom. And they went back, and he fucked these two girls and this whole thing. He leaves out the fact, or he leaves out the fact these two girls were, first of all, about 300 pounds apiece. What? So when he's telling the story to people, he tells them, you know, oh, yeah. This guy. He did doing all this stuff. He leaves out the fact they're both about 300 pounds, and that apparently they lived in the same building Enzo did. And the, uh, when he was telling uh, one of his friends about it, I think he was telling Cass about it in their apartment. Fucking, the maintenance guys were there, like, oh, you fucked the girls in this apartment? Oh, they're gross, man. Their place smells like shit. Right. So they're ribbing him about it, but when he tells the story, it's that. So here's the flaggy mistakes. Listen, I'm just saying ahead of time. A new trainer, a guy named Joe DeFranco up in New Jersey. Not content for kids. Uh, Enzo is a disciple. Yeah, of this is definitely an explicit one now. Tattooed on his, uh, his thigh. He finds out that uh, Joe's training Triple H. So he puts together this promo video. Where it's like, yeah, it, it shows it shows him rapping, and it shows him, uh, it shows him doing MMA, and it shows him boxing, and all the stuff he's done. And he was like, I closed it out with, you know, you could put me in Yan in uh, Yankee Stadium, and I'll still be the realest guy in the room. And he, I can, he convinces Joe to show this video to Triple H. Triple H's like, okay, this kid's got some charisma. Let's put him in the fucking ring and see what he can do. They give him a try. Now, the way Enzo tells the story now is that Triple H found the video online. Because that makes it sad. Rob's right. Don't truth it away with the story. Wait, let me pause it. The funny thing, um, once again, it's like he, This audio might be a little bit shoddy, and we might have to retape it. I'm sorry if people can't hear me and the video at the same time properly, and the mic might bump it a bit. So I'm just giving that disclaimer. The audio might be a bit shoddy. We're doing our best, but we only have two mics right now. So, also, the Josh and Ethan show, one of the only podcasts you probably watch where we replay other podcasts. Yeah, so um, so this isn't from a podcast. This is from an interview on YouTube that you did, but pretty much the same thing. So we're just going to listen to this. There is about eight minutes more because it's just easy content, and it's actually quite funny. So we'll finish listening to the rest of this, but sorry about the audio. We're doing our best. We're actually going to get more mics soon because we've actually grown our viewership base um, up to a couple hundred now. So I think we're gonna start doing ads. So stay um check down the Instagram for that. So um yeah, we'll be back in back with the video right now.
punches like uh, an epileptic. Like he, it's that sort of thing where he he makes all these claims. He, <laughs> he throws punches he like an epileptic. But if you ever, he's one of those guys who has to write. He, he'll he'll brag about. Simon Gotch is a great promo. Full of promos, and my reaction is you have to write down promos. You can't just talk. Like you're talking about how you're the realest guy in the room. It's like, I, I never got to use this line, but I always had one about how you, you talk about being the realest guy in the room. You got fake gold, fake Jordans, fake leopard print, fake hair with a fake accent. You pretend to be an Italian when you're actually German. It's like, I guess you are the realest guy in the room. The only thing real about you is being a guy. It, 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 it's insane, but oh, even the, uh, God, even the, uh, God, I had one. This one got me because I got nervous about it before it happened, and I just had a feeling it was going to happen, and it did. He tells, um, before show, it was, a, it was a Tampa show once again. We're going to do the cutoff. It's me and English against him and Cass, where it's going to be, it was just going to be like, whatever, uh, I clothesline him. All right, I was going to, I was just going to clothesline him. I was like, hey, can you take the inside out bump? He goes, oh, yeah, bro, I can. I, I, I can take the inside out bump. Didn't sound very confident. Okay. So a little while goes by, I'm like, are you sure you can take the inside out bump? Because, I mean, we can just do a normal bump if you want. No, bro, I can take the inside out bump. It's okay, I can take it. Okay. Later, I'm like, maybe we should just cut it. Let's just fuck it. I'll just close. I'll just fucking glom you from behind. Fuck it. You know, there's no need to. It's last show of the year. Fuck it. We don't need to do this. No, bro, I can take the bump. It's cool. I can take it. Okay. He turns around. I go to close on him. He headbutts me in my chest, turns around and DDTs himself. <laughs> what? Wait, he DDTs himself. Oh, wait. So, like, he did like a botched spear, basically. Shoot a headbutt him in the chest. And then fell into a DDT, I guess. How does that even, like, how does that happen? By the way, I don't know if I would tell apart Simon Gotch's Enzo impression from the real Enzo. I don't know if I could. And also, he's not even Italian. He's German. Yeah, he's German. I, what? Have you, have you heard him talking? That is insane. Have you heard him talk in real life? No. He was on Talk with Jericho. Listen to it. He like talks in real, like he talks normally. It's like I didn't even recognize him. It's he still sounds like built a little bit, like he smokes a lot, like his voice was raspy, but that's about it. That is insane. Should have shot him some uh, pet tanaka bombs. Give him the deal in the business. I've hung out with Travis Tyler too many times since. But, uh, so that happens, and then when we get to the back, once again, Terry tells us, you didn't take care of him out there. Of course, at no point in Terry ripping me an asshole about this does Enzo ever mention he didn't know how to take an inside out bump, which, I, once again, I, I get told after the fact he was asking people how to take the bump before the match. He had no idea how to do it. He'd never done it before. And rather than just being an adult and saying, I've never done that before, or I don't think I can do that, he lied, injures himself, and then I get shit on for it, which would actually wind up becoming a theme, and in my career with him. Well, I was going to ask you, for the pay-per-view, your debut at Payback, you guys faced them, and that was the match that was stopped because you got the, uh, you know, legit concussion. Did you get a lot of heat for that? Never directly. I don't know, like, it's, I don't know if there ever was any. Um, I think most people knew that Enzo was kind of a clod in the ring. Uh, if you if you see famously the, uh, the uh, Claudio match he had recently where he tried to go out of the ring, my favorite part was I found out he thought there was nothing wrong with it. He's always fine. He was trying to skin the cat too. Yeah. Which I guarantee you, same thing. They told he said, "Can you skin the cat?" Oh yeah, bro, I can skin the cat, no problem. And sure enough, he can't. But uh, a lot of people have been calling him out as of late. Too, yeah. So. And and it wasn't even the first time. It's actually the first time I think most people saw it was the payback match. Uh, 
because a few months later when he wrestled AJ, he tried to do the dive and he caught his feet on the ropes and almost died. It was that, I think there was even one where he did like a, I think it was a, a hardcore match with like Sheamus and Cesaro where he, he winced on a uh, kendo stick shot and caught it in the eye. But so the spot, it's actually Enzo's spot. He's done this a million times. This one legitimately he's done before. I've seen it. Where you go to slide him out of the ring, uh, like he's on a baseball slide. But what he does, he hooks his, uh, his arm over the rope so it looks like he hits his head. Basically doing a dab on the rope. Relatively minor bump, but it looks nasty. It's a very Norman Smiley thing. Norman was very big on spots like that, like something that looks nasty but isn't really that bad. So, boom, come in, grab him, go to throw him. I give him three quarters of the ring. I'm basically standing in center. I swing him around, so he's almost touching the ropes, about a quarter of the way off, because obviously I don't want to be too close, so Cass could tag him. I go, I start running with him. I'm ghosting him the whole way. My hands are here, here, just holding him. Running, 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 he starts to slide. Boom, hits. I do the big follow through. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. I go out of the ring. I look at him. I'm like, man, he's selling the shit out of this. Cool. I go to grab him. <laughs> I'm a light touch with stuff with grabbing. I'm very, because I, I know how much that sucks when someone grabs you just fucking. So literally, fingers on, four, fingers on temples, you know, side of the head. Comes with me. Like, okay, he's good. Reed Charles, referee, we're in replays. So I let go of him. Turn around, start jawjacking with the crowd. I turn back around, I see this. I see the X, and I go, oh, fuck. He's out. So, watching it back, near as I can tell, one of two things happened. Or rather, two things happened sort of congruently. Number one, Enzo starts sliding real late. Near as I can figure, he either thought I was just going to stand there and do this, and he thought because I was still next to him, he shouldn't start sliding it, or... He just slid late because he was running too fast. He was definitely running too fast either way. If you watch his entrance on that show, he actually drops his microphone because he's so amped up. He was way too spun. And contrary to what Steve Austin said, I was not. I actually was about as melancholy about that match as I could be. Um, I've wrestled Enzo and Cass plenty of times, and I wasn't exactly excited to do it. It was always an acceptable match, but it was never a favorite. If you put me out there with Jordan and Gable, um, we'd lose track of time because we just liked wrestling each other. It was fun. Enzo and Cass was more of a utilitarian match where it was like, okay, we've got to go to A, B, and C. We've got to get these things in. We've got to do this. We've got to, you know, we'll do the spot with Enzo. It'll usually, it'll usually work like this. Like, almost every match we had with him was, English will go in there, run a spot with Enzo. Um, he'll tag to me. I'll come in. Enzo will do something, get out. He'll bring in Cass. We'll do a spot with me and Cass. Uh, Enzo comes back in. We cut him off. And then that leaves the big Cass come back later. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't an exciting match for me. I wasn't particularly happy to be in it. It was very much like, okay, we'll go out there, we'll have this match, we'll move on. We got the new day after this. We knew we were going over already, which was another one of the big misconceptions about the match that uh, they had to change the finish because of what happened, and they didn't. Uh, the plan was always it was going to be Enzo and Cass were going to feud with the Dudley Boys, and then we were going to feud with New Day. So the whole thing happens. Of course, the internet explodes with uh, with people wanting to or calling for my head. Uh, one of the stranger parts of that is um, no one seemed to actually notice what happened. The Irish whip is a fucking work. If I threw him as hard as I wanted to, or if I threw him as hard as I could, rather, he still would have, he would have wanted to, he would have either eaten shit sort of just in the ropes, or he would have not been able to slide at all. Like, he would have just kind of run to the ropes at most. Right. The fact that he got his feet out from under himself means he was under his own power. I ran this by a physicist, a 
I got a friend of mine who's a physics teacher. <laughs> so I guess physicist is probably a little bit of a, a grandiose way to say it, but he was a physics teacher. Um, and I was like, so, and technically speaking, as far as momentum works, if he's able to get his feet away from me like that, he would have had to be under his own power. Because if I'm pushing him harder than he can push himself, his feet should be dragging. Yeah. So um, there's that. People were like, oh, you dropped, you knew he was out and you dropped him when he was on the outside. It's like, well, I didn't know he was out. I thought he was coming with me. I touched him pretty light and he came, so I figured, oh, he, he's fine. Then, of course, Steve Austin chimes in on it, and he's buddies with Enzo, so without knowing what happened, he just spews his version. Everyone else seems to know what goes on in the company. Everyone knows. I mean, I get told outright, don't put anything on social media about this. And my thought is, that's a good plan. We'll get heat. Going back to my thought on how the heat thing's really nonsensical. I'm like, well, they wanted us to be heels. They felt like we weren't getting enough heat. We're going to get fucking heat for this. And the immediate thing we do is the next night we job out the cast on Raw. Yep. I think we did like three times in a row, too. Like, we did like Raw, main event, and SmackDown. I might be mistaken, but I think we did like three times within a couple weeks. To where it becomes a thing of like, we got heat. We got your heat. We're heels now. They fucking hate us. So you have us lose. It's the Vader and uh, Sean thing. You know? Sean beats Vader every week on TV on every house show. What the fuck do you think is going to happen to pay per view? Yep. Like, it doesn't really build. All right. So that's pretty much all the interview. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Enzo Mori is probably the worst wrestler of all time. Probably, yeah. He's not necessarily an unsafe worker. He's just an not knowledgeable. Yeah, so that was fun. I'm going to play one more quick um, clip called Cringe Wisto. And then um, we'll wrap up talking about our topics and tape our second show for the day. All right. Cringe. We still. Here we go. So this is from the WWE Draft 2016. You went out of the loan. You became United States champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? Well, hey, I'm here, like I said before, I'm here to shock the world. I'm ready. I'm ready to show my lucha art inside and outside the ring. But first of all, I can't stop thinking about Baron, Cor- Baron Corbin being on SmackDown. <laughs> I get to have my revenge. Is that scary? Hey, like I said, I'm here to stay and make make a, make a, a, a good... Lucha, Lucha thing. Kalisto excited to be. <laughs> I'm excited to stay and make some good, good Lucha thing. That, like, I think he. It sounded like he was out of breath, so I figure he just finished the match. So I think he was he too was, hype. Like, I think he was getting hype with Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder, and they just like smoked too much weed or something. All right. Um, was there anyone else that was laid off on the WWE layoffs? Um, well, English, the referee, Kurt Angle, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Fit Finley, Pat Buck, Sean Divari, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, Shane Helms, and Lance Storm. Yeah. Which is like all their best writers. Yeah. Sucks. So, um, was there anything major this week? 
Um, oh, I finished Tiger King. It was pretty sad. Wait. Um. Oopsies. We just had technical difficulties. <laughs> just left the call. Yeah, sorry, Josh just left the call. Um. So I finished Tiger King. It was pretty sad. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have anything else for us up I mean, Or should we save it for our next one? I I just wanted to shout out Chris Jericho for his commentary last week. Oh my god. Amazing. Dynamite. Amazing. And the it bubbly was bunch. Incredible. The bubbly bunch was the greatest thing I've ever seen. When when Chris Jericho retires, he needs to commentate because he is he was amazing. I mean, he he's the greatest of all time. He really is. He really is. Whoa, we just got some glitchy audio. All right. Um, hopefully the Simon Gotcha interview came through. If not, I will edit that out, and you'll have no idea what we're talking about. Sorry it was so long. We think it was pretty fun. We're about to tape another show that will be dropped tomorrow. Please rate and review five stars on Apple Podcasts. I'm talking to you, Black Mr. Queen. Um, please stop changing your reviews to try to make hate comments. The Josh and Ethan Show condones no levels or forms of racism. Follow us on Spotify. We might have stuff up on YouTube. And follow the Instagram, Josh and Ethan Pod. All right. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening.